0: About this, our brains change isn't amazing. What effect. you think is amazing. In our brains aren't really, finished. They're not fully mind. cooked yet. Our, our you go brain. with your heart, you, you don't have brain. any idea why. Yeah, we're, we're
1: doing so smart in the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. So it may be that part of what's going on culturally is that the culture is programming you to say, this is the stuff you should be paying attention to in order to succeed in this culture. Yeah. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, Acquaintances in the Wild. You know, my mom met George Clooney. Really? Yeah, just two weeks ago. My parents were on their way to Cuba, and they were in the lounge. And who should walk into the lounge but George Clooney? So she walked over and said, hi, and he smiled and reached out his head and said, hi, I'm George which there, was kind of cool, but it was it was a little incongruous, I think, uh-huh. to see a movie star in, in an a real-life situation. Yeah. Airport but it does raise an interesting question, which is there are contexts in which we expect to see particular people. I mean, some people, of course, span lots of contexts in our lives. So family, friends, you could see them. Socially, you might see them at work. So there, there's a lot of expectation, but there's a lot of people in our world that we see in very constrained contexts. Yeah. There are people who we only see in the supermarket, or there are people we only see who are our teachers. And so then the question is, What happens psychologically when we bump into those people in the wrong place.
0: One of the things that this illustrates is a really interesting phenomenon about human memory. Because we tend to think the object that we're paying attention to is everything about the memory, when in fact all of our memories are connected to the context in which we form them. So when you know somebody at work and you see them every day and you know their name and you say hello to them, and then you're in another city in an airport and you see them coming down the hall and suddenly you can't remember their name. Why is that? Well, because they're not what they're supposed to be. So all of the cues that are connected to that person that would normally trigger the recollection of their name now aren't present and what you would normally have no problem remembering now is a little more problematic. One of the big cross-cultural differences that psychologists have studied a lot
1: is the difference between individualism and collectivism. The United States is a very individualist country. We prize great people doing great things in difficult situations. East Asian countries tend to be more collectivist. They They tend to prize group effort and group dynamics over the individual. And it turns out this influences the way that people interact with things in the world. And so Nisbet and Peng did a study in which they showed people pictures of objects against a background. So you might see a cow in a field. And then later, after studying a bunch of pictures of objects where each object was on a background, they would show you a series of pictures and say, we just want you to focus on the foreground object and tell us whether you saw this before. And then some of the objects were the same object people had seen, some were different, and sometimes they were seen in the same background that they'd been seen in before, and sometimes they were in a new background. When Americans did this test, they were pretty good at extracting the object from its background. So if they saw a cow in a field, they now were pretty good at recognizing that same cow, even if it was now against a background of some trees. But here's the interesting thing. The East Asians were much worse at recognizing the object if it appeared in a different background. They had a harder time recognizing it was the same cow when the background had changed. Which suggests that while all of us, to some degree, are paying attention to these contextual factors, that there's also a cultural difference in how strongly we pay attention to them. And if you think that individuals matter, then whenever you interpret anything going on in the world, whether it's about a person or an object, you assume that the relevant characteristics of that are characteristics of the object itself. So this person is the way they are because of their personality characteristics or something like that. This object is the way it is because of its color or its hardness or whatever it is. Take a more collectivist view, though, then you assume that some amount of the causal relationships that influence that object's behavior are not just about the object itself, but also about the situation that it's a part of. So this person is acting this way, not just because of their person personality, but because of the overall situation, perhaps some of the other people who are there. This object acts the way it does, not just because of the properties of the object, but because of the situation in which you find that
0: object. The idea about how broadly we perceive the circumstances we're in and how narrowly we focus, what we perceive as our task in the moment is going to affect that, right? If we're looking for a particular thing in a very crowded field of things that we're going to think differently than if we're kind of wandering and looking around, those kind of things. But what's kind of cool about this whole thing is that it's not just an innate aspect of human perception. This is being influenced by what you have come to expect as important. So if you think it's important to recognize context, then that becomes more of how you think. And if you've been taught over time, deliberately or inadvertently, to think it's only about the individual, then you see things a different way. So now I bump into somebody in a strange context. What's going on
1: with that? Why is that weird? Well, particularly for those of us, say, in the United States, where we're likely to look at people we don't know very well and make guesses about their behavior that assume that much of that has to do with who they are then you think well this person is acting in this way because of something about them so if i only see somebody in the context of being a teacher i might think well gosh they're probably pretty straight-laced individual and they're probably very conscientious you then think well there's a whole bunch of contexts in which i just wouldn't see this person because they would never do that thing not recognizing that the behavior that i'm seeing in this person at this time is really a reflection partly of who they are and partly of what the situation demands of them yep. in that moment. And so now when I see them in this other place, I'm surprised and maybe even have trouble recognizing them because I think, well, you don't belong here. You're not this sort of person. Not
0: recognizing I have no earthly idea what sort of person you are. We underestimate how sensitive we are to the contingencies that are operating in each environment in which we find ourselves, right? I mean, if you watch a person go through a day and sit in a meeting and then sit at lunch with friends and then be with his or her family and then go to a basketball game, you're going to see an entirely different suite of behaviors in each of those environments, even though we're looking at the same person. But we become so accustomed to the people we do a lot of different things with that we stop noticing those differences. Of course, those differences are present in us as well. The contextual things, when you only see somebody in a particular kind of environment, now limit our imaginations in terms of what we think that person might be like in circumstances that we haven't seen them yet. Next week, we'll talk about revenge fantasies with Dr.
1: Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show or any of our archive shows at KUT.org and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our engineers are David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and I co-produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.